It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of A Crazy Dream. We are on live with Felicia, the marketing maven, business owner, entrepreneur, and woman who discovered much of her purpose earlier in life. Thank you for joining us, Felicia. Thanks for having me. Of course. So a friend of mine actually told me to reach out to you, and when I looked into your Page, I saw some of the stuff you were doing. I was just like, oh my gosh, I was loving you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, could you tell us a little bit? Because I know that you started a little younger, and some people think, like, oh, you know, you have to wait to be an adult to start a business. Could you tell us a little bit about your first run at entrepreneurship? Right. Um, Yeah, I'd love to. So, honestly, my official, like the official time when I first started thinking of myself as an entrepreneur and thinking that, hey, I think I do want to start my own business like in life really wasn't until I was in college and I took an entrepreneurship class as an elective. And um, it's interesting that you asked that question because on the very first day of that entrepreneurship course, the professor asks us if we believe if entrepreneurs are born or made. And from that point forward, I started to look back on my life and realize that this is like the mindset that I've always had. Um, So, yeah, when I was a little kid, I mean, the very, very first business I ever had was um, my uh, school had just got vending machines. But it was way back in the day, like when vending machines were first starting to like appear everywhere. So this vending machine only took coins. Um, So, Essentially, what I saw in second grade was all of these kids were coming with their parents' money, like they would ask their parents for money for the vending machine, but then they'd get to school with these dollar bills, and they couldn't use it because it only took coins. So I just so happened to, me and my family growing up, um, they wanted to teach me the value of saving my money and all of that. So anytime that me or my family members had spare change laying around, we would always put it in a little, like, coin bank. And at the mm-hmm. end of the year, we would cash it in and buy presents for everyone for Christmas. Um, so at a young age, I was able to just understand the basis of entrepreneurship, which was if there is a demand for something and you have the supply, there is a business. So I just started bringing change to school. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they'd essentially give me a dollar and I would give them a dollar and um, I would give them 75 cents in coins. So I was making essentially like 25 cents off of each uh, transaction. And ever since then, you know, just little things like that throughout my life, I found myself doing. And I always kind of thought of it as a hobby. I never took it seriously until that entrepreneurship course um, when I realized this just might be what I'm meant to do. So long-winded answer, but that's when. <laughs> no, I love it. And I love that you talked about that because a lot of times we see potential in children and we don't nurture it. But like you said, you started out with that small 
idea, but you had that concept of what entrepreneurship was. And it really resonates with me because, Mike, I have a really similar. <laughs> I was Do always, you? Yes, yes, definitely. But that's for another show. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, you know, how you use that. Like, you know, you said you took that course, you know, when you were in school. So how did you use that course to also help you move into your first official business, you know, that you right. that you grew? Mm-hmm. Well, the timeline of events is kind of interesting. So when I got to college, um, that was in 2010, and probably around in 2011, I came to my friends with an idea to start this social media business. Um, on campus because this was when Twitter and Instagram were really just starting to take off on campus. But I noticed that there wasn't like a single voice for students on campus. So I had this idea of doing that. And um, when I shared it with my friends, I mean, we just came together and we took it seriously and it became way more than I could have ever imagined it to be on my own. Um, So from there, we, we began a social media business on campus. Um, at HU, yeah, at Hampton University, called the HU Underground, and I mean, it just took off. We had three fifths of the student population following us. We had like a quarter million views on YouTube, and even though all of the founders we've graduated, the organization still goes on to this day. So I took the entrepreneurship course because we were having a lot of success with that, and I wanted, honestly, I wanted to know a little bit more about you know, how we can make it better and and maybe how we can expand that into something that is not just on Hampton University's campus, but nationwide. So I took this entrepreneurship course. I got really into it. I found out that, oh, my gosh, I'm totally born to be an entrepreneur, and I never noticed it. And um, essentially, as I was approaching graduation, I, I came to my friends with an idea for an app But they were more interested in, um, you know, trying their hand at a corporate job or, you know, working for other people and not really wanting to continue on with what we had built. Um, So from that point forward, I took the lessons that I learned in college. I outsourced the first app that um, I made, which was called Be In The Know. And um, a year after that, I decided to learn how to code on my own, and that's when I created the College Hive app, which is uh, seeing the most traction out of anything. Um, so that's where I am now. Now we're, now we're here. College Hive just came out two months ago. And, um, yeah, this is just a moment in time right now. I love it. So, you know, I love that you talked about teaching yourself to code because a lot of people approach me and they're like, how did you start doing that? Did you talk to people about you know, what made you decide that you were going to learn how to create on your own and what inspired you to take the time to learn that skill? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, after I had outsourced my the first app, the Be In The Know app, um, it cost $15,000, which is really not that much. <laughs> Once you actually start doing research on how much apps cost, like you realize it's kind of a, an expensive business. <laughs> So I outsourced that. I basically told my parents, hey, don't get me a graduation gift. Don't get me a graduation car. Just invest in this app. (laughs) And they did. So I outsourced that. But what I began to see was that, you know, it's really nothing like having a design in your mind and then being able to 
manifest that on your own without having to communicate it to someone else, without having to describe it, without having to, you know, go back and forth with, oh, is this what you mean? No, that's not what I mean. Is this what you mean? Mm -hmm. So it just got to this point where I realized that it was too expensive as far as money goes and also too expensive as far as time goes um, for what I was trying to create. And I actually had this super serious moment, you know, um, where I was trying to decide, am I going to stop with the Be In The Know app and attempt to learn to code, not knowing how long that would take me to learn, and just embark on that journey of doing something that I never thought I would ever do in my life, like being a coder never even crossed my mind. Or am I going to continue to seek investment and just try to knock down all those doors with what I've gotten. And I've realized that empowering yourself is always the, the best option. I mean, why wait for someone else to do what you can do on your own? So I decided to learn how to code. I mean, I learned all online pretty much. I went to udemy.com and paid maybe 40 bucks for a course that taught me pretty much everything I know. But the main thing that pulled me forward was the fact that the vision for college has was so vivid yeah. that I would have felt bad about leaving it behind, if you know what I mean. Like, it was so mm -hmm. strong that this is what I should do, that all of the frustrations that came with learning how to code online seemed trivial in, in the long run. Yes. So, yes. So, I love that you talked about that vision, because a lot of times, we will choose paths that are simpler because it feels like it won't take as much work. But could you tell the people listening a little bit about how that vision, you know, started and, you know, what, what steps you took to kind of nurture that? Yes. Um, so the very first time I began having these thoughts about this app was due to the successful social media business I had in college. And I just began to realize that, hey, if this can work on one campus, it can work on every campus. Um, there just needs to be a different platform, and it can happen. I mean, if as above, so below. So if it's working here, it can work everywhere. It's just about what are the means to get that done? What are the means to get it out there? Mm -hmm. um, so the idea was strong, but in all honesty, at that point, in my life, I also began to get really heavily into, um, like, New Age books and self-help books and The Secret and Law of Attraction and yoga, and all these things were happening at once. So I actually, I think one of the strongest skills that I've learned, and it came from all of those books that I've read at that time, was the power of creative visualization. So being able to really tap into your imagination at will and create things in your mind before you actually see them. So I began to actually visualize, yes, the app, but also the response to the app and the reactions. And I, I began to think of all of these little details about this entire process. And um, I'm not going to lie and say that every single detail I thought of has come true. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it is a powerful thing to be able to uh, have such a vivid picture about what you're working towards. And, and that's something that really pulled me forward and continues to pull me forward. Like I, the thing, the hard work that I do today, you know, coding for hours and hours at a time and, and weeks at a time, 
Um, I mean, I'm not doing it, you know, without an idea that a year from now this is going to all pay off. So I'm thinking of those moments, thinking of where am I going to be a year from now, visualizing that. And um, it's interesting when I take the time to imagine two years from now, it's almost as if the ideas that would exist then start coming to me now. So essentially, to to answer your question, I mean, it's all about um, me realizing the power of the imagination and and harnessing that power more and more and more um, that really helped me to come up with the idea and continues to help me to come up with the idea, but also is a strong motivator for me to work towards those ideas that I have. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really into visualization as well. I try meditation, but I usually fall asleep. But... Oh, my God, that is my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm not alone then because I always feel bad. <laughs> oh, yes. he, he's the one that got me into it. But um, he, yeah, it's so funny. I always make fun of him because he'll say he's meditating, and then I'll come <laughs> in, and he'll be asleep. And I'm like, you're just sleeping. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> But I think there's something there as well, because if you get in a meditative state and then you fall asleep, like, why isn't that meditating, you know? like I agree. I agree. Therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. So, you know, some people listening might be listening and thinking, visualization, you know, how do I do that or what is that? You know, could you tell people how you might get into that process or into that mind state where you do visualize these things? what things you might do before you go into a visualization exercise so they can maybe try it at home? Yeah. Um, so I don't really – it's kind of – how do I say it? When you are it, you don't see it. So, like, I I do it throughout the day now. It's not like a special thing that I practice or I do or a ritual or anything like that. But when I was first starting out, it was. So – when it was first starting out, I bought a book called Creative Visualization. It's probably one of my favorite books ever. And there was actually exercises in that book to how you can do it. Um, one of the places that I noticed back then that was a really creative space for me was the shower. So a lot of times, even to this day, I mean, I'm just so used to it that, like, when I get in the shower – I'll just visualize, you know, I mean, it could be anything. I'll visualize my day tomorrow. I'll visualize, you know, a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. Um, I like to, lately what I've been noticing I've been visualizing is my company. Like what is the type of company that I want? And and the fun part about it to me is realizing that since this is all in your mind, like there, there are no boundaries. So, I mean, I personally like to get really specific with it. Like, I'll visualize even down to the furniture. What is the furniture that's yeah. going to be in my corporate office? Like, I, I think about all of those types of things. And, um, I mean, the thing that I think is the most powerful is when you visualize it and you get specific, but then you realize that you're not visualizing for the purpose of what you're visualizing to come true as much as it's to get you in a certain mindset right now. You know, like if, if you mm-hmm. knew, like let's say you got in the space where you were confident that you were going to be a billionaire in four years and you got in that space for 10 minutes and you, you felt you believed it. 
it would be so much easier for you to do the work that you have to do right now <laughs> because you, you know, you're connected with your future um, or at least what you're imagining to be your future. So for a beginner, I mean, I would definitely recommend getting that book because there are a lot of practices in there. But um, if they're not open to getting a book, I mean, it's really as simple as just thinking of your mind as a blank canvas and literally painting it with whatever future that you would like to imagine in that moment. It's, it's actually something that's a lot of fun to me. Like, I, I like doing it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's entertainment. <laughs> I love it. I love that you talked about the mind being a blank canvas and basically, you know, it's almost like you're, you're preparing for your future. You're creating the vision because, right. you know, almost like a map, right? It's like if you don't know where you're going, how, you know, any, like how do you know how you're going to get there? So true. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, that's exactly it. And it's just getting just a clearer idea of where you're going. And like, again, again not necessarily visualizing to make it come true. That was a mistake that I made when I first started out. Like when people first get into the whole law of attraction thing and, and all of that, they, they think that they found a secret to how to bend the world to be however they want it to be. And once you, you know, live it and you become it, you realize that that's not necessarily the truth. Um, you can't alter the future. You know, to this day, like let's say I'm building College Hive, I've visualized my life five years from now, I'm a good person, you know, karma is not a factor in my life, I'm a positive person, I'm always thinking positively, I've done everything right. Tomorrow I can walk to my car and, and get ran over and someone can, you know, my hands can get amputated and I may not ever be able to code again. I mean, you can't, there's no way to alter the future so it's all about what do you want to do in this moment now. And for me, visualizing for the future is the best way for me to get in that mindset that I prefer to be in in the moment. Wow. And what you just said is so true because there's no way of knowing what will come, you know, what what might happen to us tomorrow or the next hour. Right. So what, exactly. You know, what might you say to the person who's listening in right now who has this really big idea who doesn't have, you know, maybe friends who are willing to work with them, but it's just like, how do I get started or where should I begin? You know what? That, like, whenever I go speak somewhere, that is always a question that kind of comes up. Like, someone comes to me and they say, hey, I have this idea for this clothing line, but I don't know where to start. And it's like the biggest piece of advice that I can give is you don't need to know where you're going to finish, and you don't need to know the second or third step. You just need to know one step in order to move forward. Moving forward only requires one step. And what I've realized is that if I take that one step, the universe shows me the next one, or the idea comes for the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's a reason why I say that even though this is business, It is spiritual to me in a certain realm because it has a lot to do with faith. And it's like, you know, if you truly believe in your idea, then it doesn't matter who doesn't believe in it, right? I mean, if you Mm -hmm. truly believe that you have this great idea for a fashion line or, you know, this great idea for an app or a website, then it, it really doesn't matter if your friends don't want to help you. It doesn't matter if... Uh, you know, you, you don't get the support. It doesn't matter if you don't get the investment. 
you'd want to do it just because of something that you're genuinely interested in. And whenever you act on your genuine interest, the universe, what I've seen at least, is that the universe always responds to that and reacts to that. So as long as you know the first step, I mean, take it, take that leap of faith, and then the next step and the next step and the next step will continue to, uh, to show themselves. Well, that is so true. You know, mm-hmm. you know, no, it definitely is. Like, I'm, my life is is an example of that, you know. So just thinking about what you said, you know, you said something earlier, and you said something about it being spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, just thinking about, you know, when you look back or you reflect on how these things started, you know, back to second grade where you had your quarters, you know, where do you see yourself being in the future? What would you say is your crazy dream? Yes. Wow. That's the question right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My crazy dream. Hmm. I would say my the craziest dream that I can think of is for me to actually be the youngest female black billionaire on the planet. Like mm. that that's what I'm going for. That's what I visualize, that's what I'm envisioning. That's what I'm going for every day um, because I feel that the power of representation is really important, and I I would love to be that for someone else. So I would love to be that and then have the five-year-old be able to say, oh, if she can do it, I can do that, and I can do more. I feel that that's how society builds. and I think that that's how history is important because when you look at historical figures and you can see that the accomplishments that they've made, it inspires you to realize that, yes, you can do the same thing, but you can also build on top of that. So my crazy dream is definitely being that, it's, it's, and it's making my mark in the tech industry. Um, personally, it's about me being someone of power and someone who has means enough to create the future as far as, um, like, peace is concerned. So mm-hmm. I believe that there are a lot of wealthy people and a lot of people of power who don't, I mean, maybe they don't understand our generation or maybe they don't understand what it's like to be a millennial, you know, in middle or lower class. Um, but I would like to be someone who is a millennial who just happens to have enough money to throw festivals where uh, other millennials can come and tell their stories and kind of just bring people together. Now, that's something that I haven't visualized that far into the future, but I do know that if I am granted the opportunity to be the first black female billionaire um, that's this young, that is what I would do. I would use my power to somehow think of something to bring everyone together. And I think that um, that's the greatest thing that I would be able to do in this lifetime. Uh, I love that you're thinking of your life's work. I I, I definitely see you creating what you envision as you've been doing so far. Could you tell everybody where they can find you, social media, your website? Yeah, absolutely. So um, all of my social media profiles are my first and middle name. So it's Felicia Janae, 
um, F-E-L-E-C-I-A-G-E-N-E-T. And my website, if you want to check out the app, it is www.yourcollegehive.com. Okay, great. So, Felicia, I would definitely love to have you back on the show in the future so we can check in with you. Sweet. Yes, definitely. And everyone listening, you will be able to find this interview at acrazydream.com. You can always find us on Instagram and Twitter when you look for a crazy dream. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. Of course. You'll, we'll definitely have you back. <laughs> we'll be at oh, your great. events. <laughs> great. Have a nice night. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.